I'm magic. I'm magic. Today is Saturday, the 2nd of May, 2020. Feast of St. Athanasius. Yay! Bishop, confessor, and doctor of the church, and embodied proof that error, even when universally accepted, remains error. No, he was a fringe schismatic loon. <laughs> he was all, it was, it was just him. It was just him, so he had to be wrong. Welcome to episode number 110 of the Barnhart Podcast. This is Mark Dockerty sitting in for Super Nerd, and this is Anne. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Who? <laughs> in this episode, we will discuss the anti-papacy and its relation to current events. Diabolical disorientation is a psychological fog of war. Can I just say, and lo, the sixth seal was broken, and Anne Barnhart's readership has been emailing me for weeks now saying, could you please write more about the Bergolian anti-papacy? That's, Which, that's saying quite something. That, that low, the sixth seal was broken. I'm telling you, man. I mean, I there's okay. So there's a lot, a lot of new eyes on my website because I've gone, I don't know, at least half a dozen of the pieces that I've written in the last oh, however long this has been, this etern- this short eternity, six weeks or whatever it is, um, since since basically the end of February, I've had about six pieces go significantly viral no pun intended shut your mouth no pun intended but seriously i've gone viral and my traffic is like zoom has zoomed and it's totally holding so to give the new any new listeners that are out there and they're going to be a lot um a background as to why we're joking about this since basically um the spring summer of 2016 so coming up on four years now the main thrust of my website and certainly the main thrust of mark's website because that's why you started your website right was the bergolian anti-papacy or did you start it before i started it before and i fought you for about a year between the summer of 2016 and the summer of 2017 and you ended up sobbing in the men's room and then you came around. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. The 3rd of July, 2017 was my uh, declaration of moral certainty. It's a date that, uh, you know, you press that button and it is seared into your brain. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, t- it took you just, just over a year then. 13 months. Okay. All right. Um, but obviously my, I started my website in 2003 when I was a cattle broker, a cattle futures broker and goodness gracious, barnhart.biz has been through more, I don't know, iterations and, and topics. And I mean, and that's why I thank God that I'm in the situation I'm in because I have this complete liberty. I'm not any sort of a professional organization at all. I can talk, write, say, I can discuss any, any topic that I want to, including things that are completely trivial. I can make posts about music. I can do whatever I want and I can focus on whatever topic I want. So, you know, before 2016, certainly I was writing a lot about the church, certainly, but there was all, there was also a goodly amount of commentary on, you know, current events, secular current events, 
economics, um, you know, warning people that we were in deep, deep crap and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, then I went into an entire um, uh, window of focusing and doing a lot of work on diabolical narcissism, which plays totally into the situation that we're in. So that was all completely providential. But the reason we're joking about this is because for almost four years now, I've been writing basically nonstop about the fact that Pope Benedict's resignation was totally glaringly legally invalid. And that therefore, this, this Argentinian criminal, Jorge Mario Bergoglio, is not now and never has been the Pope, never will be the Pope, and, you know, just trying to get this out there and, you know, have made, have made a heck of a lot of headway and, believe me, have made a heck of a lot of headway. And so we just keep working and we keep proclaiming the truth. But it got to be where I think a lot of people were saying that it was just, come on in, this is, you, you gotta, you gotta change it up a little bit and you, you have to have some diverse content here. And so then for people to be emailing me and saying, could you please continue to write about the Bergolian anti-papacy is, is quite something. But you know, when half of the human race is imprisoned in their own homes and total economic destruction and the literal mark of the beast the gates of hell the bill gates of hell are are you know looming down upon us uh you know that's gonna draw one's attention a little bit but we're you know we're still all about the fact that about the Bergolian anti-papacy and we're doing this episode because it all ties in it's all of a piece it's all related so that's right and you've yeah. got you've got because of what's going on uh you've got a lot of new eyes that are looking at the evidence and, and just looking at the situation looking at the at the battle space and uh starting to to have some some eyes opened whereas you can go back just mere months ago and the percentage of people uh, let's just say inside the church that would have even suspected for a moment that oh well maybe the answer to uh, Bergoglio being the way he is is the fact that he is not the pope and never has been and you know heresy upon heresy and there there are a lot of people seeing some things for the first time but the 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 point of all this coming together as it's boy, things really do seem to be coming together, is mm -hmm. this convergence, the convergence of the New World Order, the anti-church, and Corona Cold viewed through the lens of Bergoglio as key player. Absolutely. That's what's going on here. The, the entire, basically the entire Christian world is under interdict. There's only, there's only a handful of people who are hearing mass every day, and I'm one of them thanks be to God. I mean, this is, this is talk about something to freak you out. Um, you know, we all get isolated in our little experiential bubbles. And then I have to sit down and every day at mass, I have to remind myself, my God, and I'm talking to him. So I'm not taking his name in vain. My God, my God, I am one of the only people in the world who is here with you at mass today. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. And if you think for a second that this isn't 110% a derivative of the fact that this anti-pope, Jorge Mario Bergoglio, has usurped the Petrine Sea, 
If you don't think that this is a direct corollary of that, honey, you aren't paying attention or you're just completely in a state of denial. Yeah, I mean, it's it's if you think that this is about public health. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's come on. Take a look at everything that's happened uh, since 2013. And here we are. I don't want to say it's culminating in this, but here's where we are uh, along a, a steady road that we've been uh, riding down. Uh, you know, I, I do I do understand that there are concerns in some dioceses where at least initially, OK, let's go back to to uh, to early March. And there was concern that we don't really know what we have on our hands and what happens if this thing gets inside a rectory and takes out an entire uh, 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 parish, uh, the, the priests and, and possibly the, you know, the whole parish, or it goes from however many rectories that it might get into. And could we be in a position when we come out of this thing where we've wiped out a significant number of the priests of the diocese and were unable to minister to, to the flock. That was the one semi-legitimate argument that I could see. Again, I'm going back over uh, uh, basically two months ago. At this point, any diocese that is still actively suppressing the mass, come on. Well, you know, to your point about, well, what hap what would happen if this, you know, took out all these priests and all, you know, that's totally happened before. In fact, there are entire religious orders that were founded for precisely the purpose of taking care of people during actual legit plagues. And there are one of the graces of going to daily mass is even if you just read the very, very short biographical blurb that's in your 1962 Baronius hand missile or your, your St. Andrew's hand missile, if you just read the very short biographical blurb, what you will be struck by is how many saints there are who died super young and they died ministering to people with the plague. And they signed up for that, and they asked for that, and they did it. Who took care of people during the plague? Who set up sanitariums? Who manned those sanitariums? The church, the church, Denninger wrote about this the other day market-ticker.org. Denninger said the solution to all of this is you have to go back to the sanitarium model. And I'm like, dude, exactly. Guess what that was? That was the church. And guess when that ended? That ended when the church, the institutional church, sold her soul to the Freemasonic communist infiltrated new world order government to become just a financial middleman an intermediary in healthcare um in healthcare service they stopped being sanitariums they stopped manning any of it with religious and just turned it into a for-profit endeavor now there is no more sanitarium model where you could conceivably send people if there were a legit plague which this is not this is a below normal influenza-like illness season which we have every year in both the spring and the fall this year ladies and germs it's below 
normal. This is below 2017 and it's way below 2009, which was, what was to that? What did they call it? The swine flu. I think that was the swine right. flu year. 2009, the hospitals were legit completely overrun. They were freaking out. And guess what? You didn't hear a damn word about it. Not one word. It was, I think, in the U.S., uh, 60 million people were infected with uh, swine flu. I think that's H1N1 uh-huh. in, the, in, uh, in the 2009 flu season. Had a very low mortality, but uh, a very high infectious rate. Um, that kind of sounds familiar. Mm, mm-hmm. And I'm sorry if you think that this is all a coincidence and that Bill Gates held a, a literal um, dress rehearsal getting getting the media and the government operatives together in October I can't even remember the day it's like October 18th yeah October 18th October 18th they had a full dress rehearsal of all the key players in the government and in the media and in the healthcare industry laying all this out here's what it's going to be it's going to be called a corona type virus and you have to act like this is the end of the world and we have to lock down the planet and install complete totalitarianism and the mark of the beast if you think that's a coincidence i'm sorry i just i don't even know what to say to you at that point you you really uh, i don't know how we 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 point people to this more and it's it's hard to believe that it's all still up on the internet but i cross-posted the entire contents of that website and posted just the summary video which couldn't be 10 minutes long, I don't think. It's absolutely incredible. The, the Not even the similarities. The entire thing is a dry exercise. Yeah. The only difference is that the virus came from South America and not from China. Yeah, Brazil. Literally the Brazil, only difference, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't seen it, and then there's hours more video on their own, their website because they taped the whole thing, of course. Yeah. Um, it, it's all there, folks. But that's the thing. I mean, we keep coming back to this theme of visibility, 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 and it tracks to both this, this secular crap, but it's also exactly the same thing. And it's promised to us in terms of Holy Mother Church. The church militant on earth is absolutely, infallibly, dogmatically promised and guaranteed to be visible, including at her earthly head, which is the Pope. So we just keep coming back. These these children of darkness, these agents of Lucifer, they, they come out, and if you'll just pay attention, and if you'll just listen, they tell you. They tell you who they are, what they're up to and what their plans and intentions are sometimes explicitly and you know the thing that's interesting um referencing back to the work that i've done on diabolical narcissism it's exactly the same thing anybody which by now most people sadly have had at least some sort of a tangential run-in with a diabolical narcissist and you know God, God bless and God help those people who have had a more severe run-in, like with a spouse or a parent or an, a boss or something like that. But the thing that just keeps coming up over and over and over again from people giving testimonies about their experiences with diabolical narcissists is that they say, you know what? 
the signs were all there. I, I knew if I would have just paid attention, but in terms of, you know, a spouse, I, I was in love, you know, and I just took all of those red flags and sometimes those red flags are they're not even flags they're like the space shuttle going up you know but you just you put them to the side and you say oh I don't want to think about that and but all those signs and red flags are there and it's exactly the same thing with all of these people with Bill Gates with you know just all of them new the new world order the Soros people absolutely all of it they will they will go and give talks and they will explicitly on the record with video cameras in the room and it gets put on the internet and they're totally fine with that because they get off on it they will stand there and they will explicitly say what they are what they're up to and what their plans and intentions are and just nobody pays pays any attention it's unbelievable but like i said they get off on it it, and it's almost as if uh, most of the time they they it seems like they can't help themselves. Yeah, they, they had they 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 out themselves because they can't help themselves. And it's just it's this uh, kind uh, of this, a, this vicious circle of things. You know what I'm saying? It's a good point. And what that reminds you of is the testimony of exorcists who say that when they're in the midst of an exorcism and they've got a demon manifesting and you know the exorcist has all of the authority from his bishop and he's completely legally squared away and everything and you know the exorcist is invoking the authority of Christ himself the demons have to obey so at that point the exorcist can start can start interrogating the demon and the demon has to respond. And exactly like you said, Mark, in many instances, the demon will just start volunteering things. They'll just start volunteering things. Yeah. Right. Because the because the, the priest exorcist has the proper authority and ultimately that authority is Christ. Right. And the very first question that is asked in a situation like that is how many are you? Mm-hmm. Think about that. Yeah. Think about think about now that's with, you know, thousands of years of experience. Uh, that has that has now become the first question. So when you're talking about someone who is, um, let's just say, uh, demonically oppressed, so not not full possession, not anything like that, but demonically oppressed, usually there is uh, there is more than one, and oh, yeah. uh, you can you, you can you can quite often see this uh, manifest if if you know what you're looking for, honestly, and you're. A layperson should never uh, engage a demon directly in no. any way, but you can certainly see, I mean, I've seen it many times in my own life and it's, you know, once you've seen it and you know what you're looking for, uh, it becomes really obvious. Which demon is manifesting and what its predilections are, you mean? Just that the, um, uh, that the, you're seeing a, a change in the person happening in the moment and it may last for 10 seconds it may last longer but um it it can be fairly obvious what's going on in in that moment and that the demon is more in control than than the person is interesting well we got to reiterate one thing though the um demonic possession is actually relatively extremely rare and what that means is that the demon is 
completely behind the wheel, so to speak, of the person. And so therefore, whatever that person does while the demon is behind the wheel of, you know, their body, they're not morally culpable for that because the demons right. the demons driving the car. The vast, 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 vast majority of what is going on in the world that has a demonic, preternatural influence the human being that's involved is morally culpable for what's going on. They're on board with it. They're, they might be demonically oppressed. I mean, almost every sodomite is, demonic, is demonically oppressed. Engaging in sodomitical activity just brings demons running, and especially any sort of um, sodomitical or even heterosexual activity that is sacrilegious, meaning between involving a an ordained person a priest or even a, a a sister or not any anybody who's who's been who's been ordained or is has taken vows of any sort religious vows of any sort when that person starts engaging in any sort of fornication sodomy anything oh my gosh demons come running and those people have retinues of demons that are attached to them and are and follow them around at all times and are physically close to them that you know as they say if if we could visibly see them they would probably block out the sun right so that's that we're, we're talking here about uh sort of a, a multiplication of uh culpability because you're 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 layering on uh, a blasphemous aspect on top of whatever the other sin might be but you know engaging anyone engaging in any type of of uh, of mortal sin that is literally an invitation to infestation every every single one of those instances so you're um you may uh, go to go to confession you might have a a a, a true make a true act of contrition and a, a be serious about a firm purpose of amendment you've still invited that demon and you may or may not be rid of that demon. So, you know, think about these things. Think about these things every time you're you're in a position of a new occasion of sin. And you have to fight every time with all your will. And God is always providing sufficient grace for you to handle it. Absolutely. And you know, it's that's a really good word that you used, and it's a it's a good precision for people to have in their minds. And that is infestation, um, which is different from oppression and certainly different from possession and like mark said you could go to confession and you could be you could be in a state of grace but if you come home to your house and you know god forbid you were doing terrible things in your house or let's say like so many people today what if the place that you're living in if you're living in like an apartment or something like that what if it was an airbnb before you lived there I can promise you that there were people in there fornicating and engaging in sodomy on a near weekly basis. You have got to get that house blessed. And it's easy to do. Get your house blessed. It doesn't have to be the epiphany blessing. You should do the epiphany blessing. It's awesome. But if you haven't had your house blessed, you need to get your house blessed. Well, that, how can that possibly, possibly hurt? 
be a great great excuse to invite father over to the house too <laughs> and cook him a very nice meal and get some very expensive wine exactly exactly you, you know in the meantime though there's no reason you can't do it in the next 10 minutes go do it yourself it's better than nothing but then absolutely get a priest in there as soon as you can yeah you, you got to get a priest to do it but you absolutely say say prayers and you know have have holy objects you should have a crucifix ideally in every room and you know holy candles things like that absolutely you bet so should we move on to the topic of diabolical diabolical disorientation causing stupidity and the inability to see conspiracies that are openly manifest i think that sounds like an excellent topic (laughs) that we should that we should move into did you just come up with that right now no, I had it written down. I didn't come up with that. Just come on. <laughs> well, we often talk about sin makes you stupid. And then we have this topic of diabolical disorientation and kind of the, the confluence of those two ideas. And we have situations that are right out in the open that otherwise sane, seemingly sane people can look at and not see what's obviously going on right in front of them. Yeah. And that really can only go back to this concept of diabolical disorientation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, it really is frustrating. And again, it's not a function of IQ at all. N- not at all. You can be talking to, you know, conventionally, secularly, extremely intelligent people. And if these people are in a bad way spiritually, they're not going to be able to process objective data sets, objective reality right in front of them and come to to any sort of a rational, true conclusion. It's and it's really frustrating. I mean, how do you how do you work through that? Well, you prayer, persistence, patience, perseverance i mean you know how many fruits of the rosary did i did i just go through there Mm -hmm. you know our lord carrying his cross to calvary what is the fruit of that mystery patience Patience. and by the way it's it certainly is patience with with other people which is the context we're using it in in right now Mm -hmm. but it's also patience that's i think of that more of a as a secondary uh a second tier of patience as, as well as dealing with certain situations or things that's a it's a secondary tier of patience the primary tier of patience the primary fruit of the mystery is patience with yourself mm, mm-hmm. so that when you're when you're proceeding through the stages of uh you know leading a, a pious life you are going to trip and fall mm-hmm. and if you don't learn how to immediately get up and brush yourself off and say, oh, happy fall, you know, this is why I have a savior. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not going to have a very good time uh, continuing to, to proceed down that road. Exactly. So, patience with self, brush yourself off and get back at it. And that, because what that leads to, that impatience, is, uh, is basically that then turns on God eventually. And you start shaking your fist at God and saying, well, this is no damn good. And you're not coming through on your promises. And God is just looking at you, shaking his head, saying, honey, you don't have any idea. I mean, seriously, 10 weeks ago, if I, if I had recorded a podcast with either Mark or Super Nerd, and I had said, okay, guys, within 10 weeks, 
the entire Catholic Church is going to be under interdict. It is going to be a criminal offense to um, to have a public mass or to provide any sacraments. The entire half of the human race is going to be under um, house arrest. If I had said that ten weeks ago today, I would have been you know, laughed into the loony bin. Now imagine how God feels when he, in the divine providence, you know, he, he's outside of time. So he can see absolutely everything. Now we're free. We're free to choose just because he can see the entire timeline, including the future. That doesn't mean that we aren't free agents and that the choices we make inside of the timeline aren't free. It's just that God can see them because he's outside of it and he can see the whole thing. So he's looking at the entire timeline at all of this absolutely crazy stuff that's coming, that's, you know, coming down the pike whether it be on the macro scale like corona cold or whether it be you know just the crazy things on the on the sub micro scale in our own individual lives how many things in your life can you look back on and say man that was a crazy people call it turn of fate that you know that happened and then that happened and then that happened god just sitting back watching all this and then here we are people get impatient then they start to despair and then they get angry and they start they start shaking their fist at god and god is has been is breaking his promises and i'm just like can can you just like let this play out do can can you just you know be patient for like a few literally a few months and just see what what he's got in store and what the divine providence has in store and just trust this a little bit one of the one of the major trading partisans um, I got I got email over the transom from this person who saw this post that this person made on a social media platform saying, um, what exactly was it? Uh, I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of a of a reason to still be Catholic and I can't think of anything. I mean, did you did you see that? Did you did people send that to you? There was that one, and then there was another one. It may have even been the same person who uh, kind of laid out a little bit of current events, and then the last, the last part of the of the post was, well, if this is all true, then God sucks. Yeah, God sucks. I've seen that one too. It's yeah, it is the same person then. Um, and you know, I was just when I saw that, and the person who sent it to me, the lady who sent it to me, was just freaking out. You know, I mean, here's right. here's this person who's supposed to be this this thought leader saying that they can't think of a single reason to be Catholic. And all I could think of, because Super Nerd during Lent got me started praying every day the um the seven sorrows of the Blessed Virgin. Right. Can you imagine? Okay, so you've got someone who says they can't think of a single reason to be Catholic. That is just spitting in our Lord's face. I'm sorry, that is just spitting in his face. Can you imagine Our Lady standing, watching our Lord being scourged at the pillar? That's what that's like. Except it's worse. 
saying, I can't think of a single reason to be Catholic. How about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for a Blessed start? Blessed be his holy name. Blessed be his holy name. And it's just, it's such a great reflection. Just if if you ever think that in terms of suffering, God is giving you more than you can handle, or it's not fair or anything like that, just look at your mother. Yeah. Look at at the Blessed Mother and look at what, uh, look at, I don't even want to say look at what she endured, but look at what she always with love, uh, lovingly embraced. And, but still that it was, it was given to her. So God gives us suffering for a reason. This is another area that Bergoglio just has absolutely no idea why suffering would ever be allowed to exist in the world. Mm -hmm. And it's always, 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 the answer is it's allowed by God for us to use as a tool to draw ourselves closer to him. It's not that complicated. It may be um difficult at the beginning and of course it's it's a process like anything else but it's something that you need to get your head around because if you're if you're going to get through life and going to get through what life is going to throw at you you better learn how to turn it into something good or you're going to be pretty miserable yeah i mean you go through life and you look back at your own life or current events or whatever Whenever anything happens that's even remotely unpleasant, the first thing you should do is stop and ask yourself, does this correspond in any way to anything that our Lord went through in his passion? The answer almost always is going to be yes. Almost always. I mean, he went through absolutely everything. He was falsely accused. He was calumniated. He was, I mean, I, I... Gibson in his film kind of hinted at this a little bit, but I don't think did it full full justice. Can you imagine the things that those Roman soldiers were saying to our Lord during his passion? And I mean like sexually nasty stuff that they were saying right. to him. And he right. and remember folks, when they crucified people, those people were naked. That was part that was a big part of the punishment is that you were hanging there naked and you couldn't cover yourself. That was part of the torture. And so that opens the door to just all kinds of sickening, sickening things, taunts and things, things that, that Roman soldiers and probably other people too were saying to him. So, I mean, just almost anything that happens to you. I've been getting sexually explicit hate mail now for uh, almost a decade. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, since, since I burned the Koran, basically, is when the really, really nasty pornographic stuff started. And I just say, you know, our Lord went through, went through stuff like this, too. Believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. Everything that you go through. Betrayals. Well, good grief. He was betrayed by almost everyone around him betrayed him. Um, there's just, there's nothing almost nothing in the human existence that he didn't suffer as well. I mean, I can think about some, you know, extreme sexual torture things. Now, obviously our Lord was not, he wasn't raped or anything like that, but, but, you know, remember who he is too. Every, every blow against him is just an infinite, infinite offense. So, right. So, you know, unite your sufferings with the sufferings of Christ during the passion and the crucifixion. And that, that alone, just making that attempt will go a long way towards, uh, putting you on the right path. And, um, 
in terms of the current situation and diabolical disorientation and, you know, people that just don't seem to, you know, pray for them and trust in the divine providence, uh, trust that the, the divine providence actually knows what's going on yeah. and how this ends. Okay. It's, it's not that hard. And you know, the other thing is trust that all of this that's going on with Corona cold, even though it's completely BS and it's self-inflicted, it's still part of the divine providence. It's still part of that big plan. So even though God doesn't positively will people to do dumbass lying things like this, um, it's it's all part of the big, enormous totality of the entire timeline of history. Do you honestly think that this, when history plays out a hundred years from now, people, his, history isn't going to look back and say, okay, that Corona cold situation is what then led to the resolution of the Bergolian anti-papacy. Oh, I have zero doubt about that. This is all totally, totally feeding into somehow, some way, I don't know exactly how yet. I mean, I'm watching it play out with all of y'all, but this is all feeding in somehow, some way to the resolution of the Bergoglian anti-papacy. No, no doubt. I, I couldn't agree more. And I don't even spend two seconds contemplating how that plays out or what the end game is or anything like that. But boy, it sure seems like uh, the, the the two things have to be connected and that two, it, it's just too much of a coincidence to have these two huge dynamics at play during the same point in linear time yeah. and, and everything else. Yep. So, I mean, if anything, you should be heartened and encouraged. Now, it's easy for me to say because I, I haven't lost you know, my total income stream, you know, like a lot of people have. Um, so I can be more, I can be more sanguine about it, obviously, than a lot of people. But if I can give anybody, if we can give anybody any sort of a point of, of hope, or, you know, um, happiness about all this is, yeah, this is all, this is all advancing the cause somehow, some way. And you bring up a good point about loss of income, because as we're uh, sprinting past 30 million Americans, uh, being put out of work in the last three or four weeks, there are a lot of people around you that are hurting and you probably realize that maybe you don't realize that, but I would definitely start with, uh, within the, the parish if you can, because they probably haven't really been taking in any dollars, but, uh, and I, I don't really know about donating to the parish itself versus donating to individuals. Mm. I would, I would yeah. go for the individuals yeah. or, you know, if you can make checks out to specifically named persons, that would be, that would be good. But you probably have friends and family. I know I do that are hurting badly. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've got a lot of friends in the service industry in terms of waitresses and bartenders and whatnot that, you know, they haven't seen a dime of income since March 13th. Yep. They didn't have another paycheck coming or, or a, a two Fridays from now paycheck coming. Their income stopped the day their restaurant closed. And uh, they haven't seen a dime of the government money. Most of these business, businesses have not, not been successful at putting through the the small business loan, or I guess it's really a grant if you turn around and, and, yeah. and do you pay your payroll with it. But, uh, none of that stuff. I mean, maybe it's working a little bit. I know of a few people that have gotten the stimulus check or whatnot, but 
if you know of people, or even if you don't, it's make it your business to um, maybe offer something to someone who you know has been displaced, even even if they haven't asked you for help. Yeah, I mean, and I just brainstorming here. Um, the thing that I keep coming back to is pe- people are scared. It's scary when you're in when you're in financial deep doo-doo. Um, so for example, a lot of people are, obviously a lot of people are leveraged on their houses. A lot of people are leveraged on their cars um, and would be worrying about car payments. That's something that if you are a wealthier person and you have a non-trivial amount of cash laying around at hand and you've got a young, a young couple or whatever in the parish and they both lost their jobs, you know, ask if you could cover their car payment or something like that. Just having that burden lifted off of a person would be absolutely enormous just to know, okay, we're not going to lose our car because that, especially in North America, the, the amount of personal security that goes along with having a car is just enormous so if you can if you can get people to a point where you say okay you're not going to lose your car so now you have the freedom to start going around looking around for other jobs getting to the store doing what you need to do and not worrying about that i mean the house you've got with there are going to be so many people who are going to who are going to go into basically foreclosure on their mortgages they're not going to be able to evict everybody immediately you're going to have time with your house um the thing that's more urgent, it would seem to me, would be car payments if you've got them. So if you're in a position to help somebody with a car payment, that would be a really awesome thing to do. Yep, agreed. Uh, I think there's a, a, a lot of appetite out there that whatever happens during, you know, starting March 1st or whatever, and then going for however long this goes, is that anything, any missed payments, things like that, there's probably going to be some grace given in terms of credit rating or even if it comes to bankruptcy that, uh, I don't know, missed payments during this time aren't going to count against you. But there is that fear factor and it's, 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 it's partially a financial fear. It's partially a fear of the virus itself because of, you know, depending on what media you consume. Uh, I heard a quote from a Fortune 100 CEO the other day. It's actually quoted by my governor stating that the, all the research that they get back and all companies are doing a lot of research right now of concern, consumer sentiment and uh, everything that is pointing towards there's uh, 30% of the population on each of the polls, 30% believe that the, 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 the virus is a real risk and they're actually scared to leave their house because they think if they get it, they're going to die. Yeah. The, the 30% on the other poll are this virus poses almost no risk and really only the uh, elderly and the compromised are, are at risk of, of getting it seriously. And then there's 40% in the middle that think there's a little bit of truth on, on all the different sides. So, you know, maybe they, they can be swayed, but I just thought that was an interesting, interesting stat. Well, it is. And looking forward, um, especially in the place where I live, here right now it's relatively calm i mean everything's shut down don't get me wrong but everything everything's relatively calm what i wonder 
is what are these people who are who actually believe that this thing is Chinese lung AIDS and that every other human being is basically trying to kill them? And I'm not I'm not exaggerating. I am not exaggerating. What are these people going to do? I mean, when who who's going if they reopen the restaurants? who's going to go (laughs) a a non-trivial percentage of these people honestly think that being inside of a 10-foot radius of another human being is potentially going to be fatal and this is this is madness it's abent diabolical disorientation there's there's a lot of it i see i have a lot of friends in the northeast i spent a lot of time in the northeast u.s and that is a very prevalent uh uh idea uh, yeah. among, among, you know, in, in that geography. And, you know, it's, you've, you've also got a situation of obviously extremely blue governors and extremely mm-hmm. blue mayors that are, uh, just, uh, drooling to enforce the most draconian thing that they can. And it's really going to be interesting to see how it plays out in the long run or even the, the midterm, uh, I don't know if they're actively talking about, not opening the beach towns all summer uh, on the East Coast. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, I, it was good to see that there was uh, nearly a uh, Rodney King-style riot in Huntington Beach yesterday mm-hmm. because Newsom closed the beaches. They were open last weekend and, of course, very popular. And it's uh, they're actually having a heat wave in, in California, and they're, they're not used to the, to the heat. Mm-hmm. Everybody's out on the beach, and so he closed the beaches. So – Let's have everybody. Let's have let's let's have a thousand people all within two inches of each other, riding on you know, uh, 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 PCH. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 unbelievable, and it's it's all again. If you think this has anything to do with public health, you're out of your mind. This is a pure totalitarian power play, and the thing that's become much clearer to me. In, within the last few weeks is that there's there's several things. It's the, it's the dehumanization, and that's what this mask bullshit is. It's, the, it's dehumanizing people. It is, it's, the, it's Sharia. It's basically the New World Order, Bill Gates, substitute new religion, and, you, and whenever these new religions rush into a void that has been that has been left by the apostasy from the one true religion which is exactly what this situation is what you end up with is are these hyper rigid um prohibitions and and you know you you can't eat this there's not gonna no more meat so everybody's gonna have to become a vegan so you've got that that might be closer than you think yeah absolutely they're they're trying to utterly collapse the north american meat industry and in all three cattle pork and poultry they're trying to collapse all three simultaneously um the masks this is the dehumanization of what what musloids do to women now it's being it's being mapped on to everybody now let's look at an entire generation two generations now three generations that have been absolutely saturated in science fiction what do we see in science fiction what do we see in star wars 
Stormtroopers. What do stormtroopers wear? Masks. Masks, helmet face coverings to dehumanize them. They, they are human beings. Every one of those stormtroopers is a human being, but they're all exactly the same because they all have their faces covered. And so this has kind of been gradually inculcated. And this, this exists, this business of, of people, things having these face coverings to dehumanize. This is communism. Everybody's the same. In, Mao, in Mao's China, in the, in the 50s, what he did is he forced everybody, male and female, to get the same haircut and wear exactly the same outfit. Now what they're doing is that they're getting everyone to wear these damn face masks. Cover your face, which is the quintessence of your humanity in your physical person manifested, is your face. Well, no, we have to cover that up because everybody's just a drone in service to Bill Gates and his, and his insecurities. So, you know. There's something very dehumanizing about it you're you're exactly right and the 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 governments that are forcing this on their citizens right now um i kind of make a little bit of a distinction um i completely cross-posted your uh your little warning business card this morning Mm, Uh, but but, uh but i do draw the distinction between uh, a government forcing this on its citizens versus a private business that might ask to for um, for its patrons to abide temporarily by a certain standard out of uh, you know because there is this ma- panic going on, illegitimate, but it's panic, mm-hmm. and that a small business owner to protect his business, he wants to open back up, he wants to serve his customers, but temporarily he thinks this is the the best way to be able to do that in the short term. I kind of think that he sort of has a right to that as well. And you have a right to not go in. Well, exactly. That's the other side of it. I 100% see your point. And, you know, just in the neighborhood that I live in, I can see that eventually when things start opening up, there's going to be people in my neighborhood that I consider my friends. And they're going to be like, well, you can only come into the, the shop if you're wearing a mask. And I refuse to wear a mask. So I'll just be like, I love you, but I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not wearing one of those things. The thing right. is, if we all keep slinking off, if those of us who refuse to participate in this and we don't speak up, if we just keep slinking off and let these communists, you know, r- rule the day and have these screaming bullshit panic attacks whenever they see another human being who isn't wearing what is effectively three plies of Charmin toilet paper over their mouth. And it, <laughs> I posted a thing last week that somebody sent me and it the, the gist of it was, if you think those masks are blocking a, a seasonal cold virus, then you probably also believe that your underwear magically block your farts. And which would explain a lot, actually. But, you know, I um, thought it was fantastic. And that maybe we should explain that. Take a minute just to explain to people about the mask. A surgical mask like that is not going to prevent you from getting anything. The only thing that it possibly protects against is if you are sick, if you're the one who's sick, symptomatic and you are coughing, or you are sneezing, that sort of thing, that you could release whatever your sickness is in 
you know, water droplets from the sneezing and the, and the coughing, a mask, a surgical mask will block that. If this is a virus or any virus that has been aerosolized, a surgical mask isn't going to block that any more than your underwear is going to, you kind of get the picture. Yeah. So, um, it does seem to, to me that it's, uh, especially they, they openly admit that something like 90, 90% of the people are asymptomatic or very mildly symptomatic people who have the virus, that this is a complete waste of time. It is a completely normal seasonal chest cold. All of the numbers just keep reiterating and drawing closer and closer and closer to that truth this thing is a chest cold and what they have been doing is that they have been coding as many people as they possibly can who die of any um, pulmonary pneumonia influenza like anything which is a hell of a lot of old people elderly people are are when when you're elderly and you're at the really at the end of your life one of the things that happens is that your immune system starts winding it down okay when your immune system has started winding it down you can get the flu that all of us shake off and that you shook off for your entire life you can get a cold which is what this is. Corona, that entire family of viruses is what we colloquially call colds. That's what it is. You can get a damn cold and it'll and it could turn into pneumonia and kill you. Old people die of pneumonia. I mean, like a lot of old people die of pneumonia and especially sadly those in nursing homes because uh, nursing homes just make it worse basically, you know, they're just petri dishes. And so all these people are dying of this. What this corrupt and precisely why Bill Gates chose a coronavirus as his fictional vector of trying to take over the entire planet is precisely because it's a seasonal cold virus that you cannot eradicate and you cannot keep people from being infected by. It's, it's just going to happen. And it's going to keep coming back seasonally it's gonna it's gonna peak in the in the first part of the year in the early spring then it's gonna fall off as the sun moves back you know towards the south and we get longer days and higher temperatures and lower relative humidity it it, for whatever reason viruses don't thrive in that and then sure as shooting i'm telling you and that's why they chose this come october it's gonna come back because seasonal colds and flus always come back. That's why we get a cold every year or every other year. Not only does it come back, it comes back slightly mutated because you know it's made the rounds and there's herd immunity and the virus because of because of the fall, the virus it mutates a little bit. So then it's a little bit different. Why why is it called COVID nineteen? Just because it's the 2019 version of the coronavirus. That's all that means. It just kind of keeps changing a little bit every year. That's why they that's why they chose it. So, Anne, if it's going to come back and it's always going to be with us, doesn't that mean that we can never have uh, any sort of uh, sports venue or concerts or 
public transportation or, I mean, we're going to all have to get the vaccine, right, Anne? Well, what that means is that eventually everybody's just going to have to commit suicide eventually. But yeah, <laughs> yes, that not only, I mean, but this I is I mean, a, what could possibly be the end game? It's, it's, a, it's a serious point, And Gates has talked about this. He says that not only are you going to have to get vaccinated, you're going to have to get revaccinated every four months because these things just keep mutating and we're just going to have to stay on top of it and you're going to have to keep coming back checking in getting your shot and then we'll update the chip that we've implanted in you to show that okay you got you got your um your second four months of 2022 vaccination, you are now free to work. Your bank account will now be unlocked. Um, you will now be able to do interstate travel. Oh, that's that's exactly why he chose it. And he's How openly talked about this. Openly on, yeah, on CBS. Uh, the, the, the interview on CBS was absolutely so priceless that they had to timestamp the whole thing, wherein... 18 minutes, uh, Bill Gates lays out exactly what the plan is. Mm -hmm. And this is in the second or third week of March, I want to say, lays out exactly what the plan is, exactly how long it will take to develop said vaccine. Isn't that amazing? He's going to find the cure for the common cold and knows exactly the timeline for all of this. Crock of shit. Even though... um, I'm pretty sure there are viruses that we've been working on a vaccine for 40 years that we still don't have one. Isn't yeah, that correct? That that is absolutely correct. But boy, we know down down to down to the month and the day when the quote unquote vaccine for this one is going to be ready to go. And by by golly, you better be in line, or else we're going to shut your damn bank account down, and you're not going to be able to leave your house. Just... One, one of my favorite uh, lines at one of the, uh, the the daily pressers, which I hope are over now, but uh, he, he got up about, I want to say maybe three weeks ago and responding to some question that I don't even remember what it was. But in his response, he let slip, well, I sure hope we aren't developing that herd immunity. Yeah. We don't want the herd immunity. F- we Fauci don't want said that? that, right? Yeah. Fauci yes. said that. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Oh no, we don't we don't want the herd immunity. What in the hell are you talking about? Oh, you're an evil bastard. That's why you said that. Herd immunity is the key to everything. And you know, of course. It, even that, even that isn't a solution cuz like I said, you know, that's why we all get a cold every year or every other year or the flu or whatever because it just keeps mutating but still but still herd immunity is is wonderful and the fact that they've done all this and it'll be interesting to see how this plays out in italy and over in europe where they've where they were ahead of the u.s curve by like three weeks I think it's probably going to show statistically that it did a tremendous amount of damage, not just letting it get out and let everybody, you know, get out there and lick the proverbial doorknobs and and get on with life, you know? Well, I thought it was interesting that this week we finally, it finally broke into the mainstream in Italy, the idea that this has been handled just the opposite of the way it should have been handled and that, you know, we've got total economic destruction for basically no reason. And, you know, that's an idea that is not, 
has not been uttered on American airwaves, uh, not even Fox News or any place outside of, uh, uh, you know, Zero Hedge or, or, or what yeah. have you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, it's just a testament to the fact of how far gone the media is. And again, I talked about this with, I think, with Super Nerd on the last episode that we did. Yeah, it was the last episode because I asked for the citation and the people sent it in immediately. This phenomenon of people, okay, we've all, we all know that CNN and MSNBC and even to a certain extent Fox News, they're all a bunch of damn dirty liars. And this is all just entertainment. It's pure propaganda. They're lying liars who lie. And we all know this. And yet, then something like this happens and the talking heads on the Flickr box tell you, oh my gosh, this is Chinese lung aids, it's the end of the world, you have to be imprisoned in your home and we have to destroy the economy, and everyone just goes, oh, okay. I mean, I, I, I've been on this crusade to get people to, to get rid and cancel cable, cancel satellite, do not consume this crap, do not subsidize this crap in any way, and well, you know, I didn't, I didn't do enough because the media was absolutely they were the tip of the spear in this obviously they were the ones who were you know fomenting this this panic this irrational panic and they're the ones it's through the media that the word came okay nobody can leave their house now i mean this is it's unbelievable you know if you if you haven't yet folks what Anne's suggesting in terms of pulling the plug um just try it yeah. just try it if you find that you're absolutely, you know, you, you, you can't stand living life this way, you can plug it back in. Yeah. But trust me, if you give it a try, you will see that you don't need it. And it's the same thing with social media. You know, by now, I think there's a lot of, I haven't received an email from a person who said that they canceled their cable or satellite in quite some time. I reckon a lot of the people who are reading MySpace are, have been off of that for, for quite a while. What I'm now getting, the, the second wave of that is, is the, I canceled my Facebook and Twitter accounts today and my life has changed so radically for the good that I can't even quantify it. And I'm like, right? I discern that that crap was satanic years ago, and satanic is not too strong of a word. Social media is satanic. The way people behave, just stop and think about it. Look at the way people speak to, address each other, and the way people behave on social media, and just stop and ask yourself, do I honestly believe that that person would speak to me or anyone else like that if we were, you know, standing in line at the grocery store or sitting next to each other at a bar or something like that? The answer is no. Of course they would It's a great point. It's a great point. And I mean, Twitter especially is just, it's, it's, uh, it's what you just said. It's, it goes back to the dehumanization. Yeah. Yep. It's the, the people who would never dream uh, that would be horrified at their own behavior if they conducted themselves this way in public or with friends or what have you. Think nothing. Nothing. Of nothing. D- attempting to destroy other people on Twitter or just act in a way that berate, they that they berate, insult, uh, name call, um, say you know, accuse. I, I one of the things that I've seen a lot of people do, including these trad ink people, is accuse like a man of, well, you you can't get a girlfriend or you're an involuntary celibate or something. I mean, just. 
unbelievably evil, terrible things to perfect strangers. Yep. Perfect strangers. And how can you not just step back from that, look at that and say, oh my gosh, there is something very wrong here. Now that's talking about other people. Now let's talk about ourselves. How about the people, and this actually, interestingly, this has been connected to the hysteria um, revolving around the fake corona cold, is the dopamine addiction that, that social media generates. And this is scientifically proven that it generates a full-blown dopamine addiction such that people are just living on it. And you can tell by looking at people's timelines, if you can, you know, if you can see the publicly available stuff, if you see someone is making literally hundreds of tweets per day, and you can go through and you can tell, you can literally tell when the person is sleeping, because that's the six hours when they're Mm. not making any tweets. Okay, so every time they get, uh, what's, what's the word when somebody responds and you get a... not a message, you get a, an indication, a notification, notification, you get a notification and you pull out your phone and you look at your phone and you have 14 Twitter notifications and 22 Facebook notifications. And the dopamine just goes squirt, 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 squirt. And that's why these people are just addicted to it. Now, interestingly, it is theorized, and I think it's a strong theory that people in the very same way are now addicted to the corona cold doom porn is based i think agit porn doom doom porn whatever you want to call it people are addicted to this and people get dopamine rushes looking up you know these fake death counts and things like that and you know people want there to be it's just like porn it's it's literally a type of pornography people want the evil to be there they want to see um terribleness in the same way that people want to see terribleness in pornography well, it's 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 interesting. I don't want to lose this other point. I'm going to come back to this in a minute. But mm-hmm. in terms of the dopamine, at the that it really does act like a drug. Not only scientifically proven, but there are several ex Facebook, ex Twitter people out on the speaking circuit explaining how it's built into the logarithms. They know exactly what they're doing, and it's designed that way. It's it's not a it's not a uh, what would you call it like a side effect. No. It's literally designed that way. It's not it, accidental. It was done right. with malice aforethought, yeah. The, correct, yeah. correct. And now I did lose the point that I was going to come back around to there. Didn't you write it down? No. Oh, I always have t- a notebook. You have to have I can't a notebook. T- when I have a pen in my hand. I can't talk and write at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what were we talking about? Oh, oh no, porn. I know what it was. Yeah, yeah. I know okay. what it was. Yes, it's exactly that. So it's the same exact way that uh, news coverage and just like new, um, news like happening now, uh, what what do they call it? Breaking, Mm, breaking. mm, So if you've noticed, we haven't lost the breaking news, um, psychological, I don't even know what to call it, but that all started with nine 11 Mm -hmm. and 
it has now been nonstop for 19 years where you have the constant breaking news, the constant, you know, the, the crawler that goes along yeah, the bottom of the, the screen. The Chiron oh. on the bottom of the screen, yeah. So that, that came out of 9-11, and it's never gone away mm-hmm. because it's playing into this, this dynamic that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the getting getting rid of obviously television getting rid of social media what i am now thinking about and preparing for as i start to set up and figure out defensive techniques and mechanisms against the mark of the beast and i'm not being facetious is can i go back to fun- functioning without any telephone whatsoever no phone nothing when i leave the house i do not have a phone with me Remember when, remember before, when did I get my first cell phone? I got my first cell phone in 1998. Before that time, every time I left the house, it was without a phone. That's kind of weird to think about because now if you leave the house without a phone, it's like panicky, you know? (laughs) I, I can't remember the last time I left the house without my phone. I remember. Well, in 1998, when you left your house with that thing that weighed 10 pounds, yeah, right. You you you, you could only use it to make a phone call. That's all it was good That's for. That's all you could do with it. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. Didn't it, the first one I had didn't even do text messages. I didn't even start doing text messages until oh, relatively recently in the in the iPhone era. Um, so now I'm thinking about now. Wait a minute. What if I just got rid of that damn thing altogether? Hell, I don't, I don't need a, I don't need a telephone. I can, I can do fine. I've got, you know, I've got my wallet and I've got the internet at the house and I can work at the house. Why in the hell do I need to have a damn phone? Mm. A lot of us are, a lot of us are, uh, sitting around the family in violation of, uh, current local laws, sitting around on Saturday or Sunday afternoons with the family talking about things, uh, the things that may yet be coming and the need for comms and the need for various other tactical uh, items and tactical discussions that need to be had before shit really does hit the fan yeah. one of these days. So, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's a pretty common thing that um, just uh, some late Sunday afternoon uh, chatter in the backyard. Can you, will you be able to get a phone that doesn't have just completely intensive um, geolocation? Probably well, if you, not. If you I don't, don't know. If you don't have a, uh, a, a burner phone, so literally $20, just go get a burner phone. Don't even take it out of the package. We're talking about a, a prepaid phone plan that you don't have to tie your name to it, anything like that. Um, I think most of them uh, will have to. I'll I'll confer with Super Nerd and we'll put some uh, some links in the show notes for this because there's a, there's a a number of uh, options available. Some of which you can even do with your current phone. I'm just not a hundred percent sure on complete anonymity, so mm-hmm. we'll check that out and 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 put it in the show notes. But yeah, it's and that's not the only consideration. There are some other things that. Um, you know, related back to the to the mark of the beast itself is if that is something that we're going to be dealing with here. Rest assured, it's not the masks, folks. It's not the masks. They're bad, but that's not it. Uh, but no, a vaccine no, no. or a, a vaccine that 
You that has a tattoo look, that has like an ultraviolet that, tattoo with a chip that goes in. I'm uh, they've got it all planned out. It's all there. That the technology, that technology is is I believe exists today. Does it not? Yeah, absolutely. The ultraviolet tattoo thing. I mean, that's right. what I can see is that you won't be allowed into a certain building unless you take your right hand and run it under some ultraviolet light scanner and that damn tattoo will light up on on the top or the back of your right hand that i can i can see it as clear as day and, a, and, and he's so talking other, about it yeah and so many other applications to semi-sinister or even non-sinister applications just go back when was minority report that like late 90s early 2000s uh, uh maybe mid 90s well let me look you know, so just just think of, while you're looking just think about some of those scenes in minority report where he's walking through the city walking through a shopping mall walking through wherever and every storefront every every single piece of humanity that he walks by um knows who he is knows his appetites, what he consumes, where he's been, what he's bought. We're not far off, folks. No. It's a 2002 film based on a short story written in 1956. Okay. Yeah. Well, 1956. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Based uh, on the so mini- the Minority Report by Philip K. Dick. So we should look look that up. It'd be that would I bet that would be an interesting read, the 1956 version, and see what right. they were thinking in 56 about all this. Yeah. I agree. Well, and we are at an hour and 19. I've got one more topic left. Do you want me to read it off or do you want to save it? Is it about the anti-pope? <laughs> we it's kind a, of haven't talked much about him, have it's we? A, it's, it's funny that we go off on these tangents. It's kind of there. It's kind of two, but they're woven together. It's the use of non-refutable falsity argumentation, and you know, related to, you know, we can say the virus. Like if we hadn't shut down the planet, you all would have died. So you have to thank us because we saved you. Yeah. From something that wasn't really a threat. It's this, and how. Yeah. Go ahead. So just to finish it off, so how people are using similar non-refutable argumentation regarding the papacy versus anti-papacy and that, you know, we can clearly show people aren't even willing to sit down and look at the data set, first of all. Right. But the argument for the anti-papacy is based purely on canon law, direct quotations, Mm -hmm. and a mountain of evidence, you know, that, again... It's it's so obvious that but but some people kind of look right past it. Well, I mean the the non falsifiable thing is a is a trope and a and a an accusation that's actually being hurled against me, you, the handful of other people who are kind of leading the charge on this research, saying that these are all about meaning us. We're a bunch of tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists, and all we're dealing with is in non-falsifiable argumentation, which is exactly wrong, because we're pointing to the positive evidence of extant canon law, the the and the um, direct quotations of what people have said, done, 
clothes that they've worn, things like that. Um, so we're dealing in completely falsifiable evidence. If what we're saying is wrong, if what we say about canon law is wrong, then presumably that could be demonstrated. If we are misquoting anybody, then presumably that could be demonstrated, um, et cetera, et cetera. Now, very interestingly, what you see these trad inc who are, who are on the complete wrong side of the virus mongering thing and it's that's no surprise to me at all one of the one of the trading um basically puppet masters who's who pulls strings on other people this person said about exactly the same time that i posted calling bs on corona cold in completely which i i called bs on it on the 29th of feb there's another person who's a trading puppet master partisan who who was I am not kidding you, saying that there would be two to three billion, not million, billion people dead from this thing. I looked at wow. that. I mean, this person is an extraordinarily reliable contraindicator just in a general sense. Well, I looked at that and said, okay, that's pretty much, <laughs> that's pretty much proof. So, the, but the whole argumentation is one of arguing from a non-falsifiable position. If we hadn't done all this, then X million or 2 billion people would have died. You cannot, in, in, in this linear timeline, in this, in this world, you cannot prove a negative. You cannot prove that something would not have happened. You can't prove a negative anything. You can't prove... Um, Mark cannot prove that I am not the biggest meth dealer in the world. You cannot prove that I do not worship, that I worship Satan, or that I do not worship Satan, that I don't drink the blood of children. You can't prove any, you can't prove a negative. You can't prove a negative in this physical universe. You also cannot prove that something would not have happened if... And that's exactly the, the treacherous, treacherous rhetoric that these people are using. So they're completely, totally wrong. They will never admit that they were wrong because, of course, what they did was they basically enabled the largest crime against humanity that has ever been executed. And who's, who's going to step up and say, oops, sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of participating in a capital crime. I mean, base civilians down on the ground, you know, running their mouths on social media. That, I'm not saying that's a capital crime. People in government doing this, th that, they're guilty of capital crimes. But the people, the civilians down on the ground running their mouths on the internet, fear-mongering, fanning these flames, absolutely 100% complicit in this, and they need to go to confession, and they need to confess it, they need to mean it, they need to publicly retract and apologize. Do you think that these people are ever gonna do that? No, watch what they're going to do, as now it is glaringly obvious to everybody that this has been a complete total fraud, that this has been a normal seasonal chest cold that has been blown out of proportion with fraudulent death certificates being filled out, um, I think that there are a non-trivial number of people in New York, the UK, Belgium, um, places like that who are being murdered under the cover of this. Those, those nursing homes, people in the healthcare industry have told me, and they want any excuse they can get 
to get rid of the people who are in the nursing homes who are getting the minimum Medicaid reimbursement. They want to free those beds up for people who have private insurance because the daily, the per diem reimbursement rate by private insurance is like multiples of what the Medicaid rate is. They want any excuse they can get to kill those people and get those beds open and get higher paying customers in there. The UK, the National Health Service, that is a murderous pagan religion. If you want to know what the religion is that has replaced Christianity in the UK, it is the National Health Service. And I am not kidding. Those people in in the UK worship the National Health Service. And the National Health Service literally murders people, euthanizes people, passively euthanizes people. People will go to the NHS. I, I had an experience with this, and it's one of the most absolutely terrifying, horrifying, sickening things I've ever seen or been involved with, with in my life. I had a friend who was up in the UK who had a brain tumor. And they kept taking him to the doctor. And then the NHS doctors kept telling him, you're fine, you're fine. This guy dropped 50 pounds in about three months. I think he went from 150 to 100 in about three months. He was falling down. He couldn't stand up. He was completely delirious, non-complismentous. He couldn't see. He had a brain tumor that was pushing on, on his optic nerve. Couldn't see because his optic nerve was being crushed, kept going to the NHS. The NHS kept telling him, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. They kept giving him, you know, diabetes blood tests. And I don't know, they might have been giving him pregnancy tests too. Oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. These people are so brainwashed, and they, they worship the NHS as their religion, that whatever the NHS tells you, that's it. That goes. And so and- this, this guy was did not get any treatment whatsoever. I think it got to the point, the last I heard, and I did an intervention and it it ended the relationship. I hope it did good. I couldn't have lived with myself if I hadn't said anything though. I think the guy eventually got down to where he weighed 89 pounds before someone finally said, oh, I think something maybe is wrong with him. And then by literally miraculous intervention, his life was spared and he didn't have any permanent brain damage, which I, I mean, it's a full blown miracle. Those bastards were trying to kill him because all he was to them was a pension. He was going to be a government pension in about, I don't know, 15, 20 more years, something like that, whatever their retirement age is. And they just wanted to get rid of him because he was a government, he was on the government payroll as it was. So just get rid of him. So if, if anyone is trying to understand the dynamic that, that Anne's describing in terms of the NHS in the UK being absolutely worshipped, worshipped as, as a religion yeah. or as this, this um, almost uh, like a morally superior organization yes. with such prestige, all you need to do is – and we'll put a link in the show notes – have a look at the closing ceremonies of mm-hmm. the 2012 Olympic Games in London. It is a yep. It's it's diabolical. It's, it's absolutely diabolical. it is it is idol worship of the NHS. Absolutely, and all this crap of um, these. There are now pictures coming out of the UK of nurses doing like pole dancing stripper routines on. You know they have those UV. Uh, 
I don't know what, what you even call that thing, that rack. You know, it's a, it's a tall rack that you hang the UV, uh, the IV, the IV bag on. And it's just a, a pole, you know, and you can wheel it around. They're, they've now have nurses doing stripper pole um, numbers. And these people are literally being called saints. And the thing that's so blasphemous about this is that there were so many saints as we opened the show with. Mm. who did exactly what these people are not doing, who went in to legit bubonic plague situations where they were pretty much guaranteed that they were going to get it and they were going to die. And they, emulating Christ, went and ministered to people who had the bubonic plague and because no one else would. And there are countless saints who actually did this. Now you have these godless, God-forsaken, apostate wretches, and a lot of them are gay men because that's all that all instigates it. That sodomite culture instigates the women, you know, doing the pole dancing. If you see a woman behaving like that, I can almost guarantee you that off-camera, stage right, there's some faggot who's told her to do that and is egging her on and, oh, you should do this and you're so fabulous, blah, blah, blah. And there's... And, Unfortunately, there's a lot of sodomite men in the nursing ranks, which that needs to be fixed too. There's a lot of straight men who are nurses, respiratory therapists, that thing, and you know, God bless them and and God love you. But this this business of all these sodomites, I mean, yeah, let's get a person who's already immune compromised because of their filthy, disgusting sodomitical habits, and let's go put them in a hospital. Um, that's another lesson that's coming out of this. Okay, we're, we're now all getting this intense lesson. I mean, a lot of us intuitively knew it before, but hospitals are dangerous places to be. They're petri dishes. You've got to do everything you can to keep, to keep infection levels and just, you know, the things that are floating around in the air, you got to keep that to a minimum. Yeah, here's a great idea. Let's bring in a bunch of sodomites who were literally eating each other's poo a few hours ago. And let's bring them into the hospital. And then why do you think that you get, you know, these pneumonia viruses and everything that just tear through, that tear through hospitals every once in a while when you see this happen? That's, that's a goodly part of it, I would suspect. Uh, the acronym is HAI, Hospital Acquired Infection. Infection. Yep. Uh, just to, to, to come back around to the, to the beginning of that point uh, in terms of the, the non-refutable aspect of, uh, you know, trying to prove a negative and things like mm-hmm. that. The whole narrative of uh, flattening the curve and social distancing and the, the, the behaviors that are needed to, to crush this, this virus – that they are going to double down on all that because there are going to be people, there's going to be a, a rising number of people who call bullshit on it. And, and as that, that counter narrative builds and it's, I mean, it's spilled into the public square. I can tell you that the last three weekends um, at the state Capitol in, in Arizona, it is on full display. It is on full display uh, at the, uh, at the, uh, was it the House or the Senate? In the, I think it was the House in Michigan, where there was armed, openly armed oh, yeah. protest. On, I don't know. That might have just been yesterday. I forget. But as that builds, they will double down on this notion. And 
it's they've tweaked it just a little bit in the last week or so where it's not it's not simply the measures that have been put in place but to try to take away the tyranny what they're doing is saying you've done such a good job it's really a credit to the citizens of Arizona or the citizens of New Jersey or the citizens of Pennsylvania that that you know you've 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 battled this thing and and you've behaved so well, we just need to continue for maybe three or four years. Uh, yeah, yeah. D- doing this, so be on the lookout because that is that is where the narrative is going next. Yep, and the point you made about people getting intransigent and digging their heels in, absolutely one hundred percent. That's what that's what people of low character and low integrity do. People of of high character and high integrity and virtuous people. When they're wrong, like, for example, St. Vincent Ferrer, when you're wrong, you say, oh, crap, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Hey, everybody, I was wrong. This is the truth. I'm now over here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. People with low character and low morality, when they get caught like this, when they get caught in, even if it's an error or if they get caught in a crime like this, they will dig in and so they're never going to admit they were wrong. The narrative is going to be, we, we saved all of you SOB's life and you need to be grateful for us, grateful to us. And it's like Newsom in California closing, closing the beaches. You know, that was, that was punitive. And the, the way right. he said it, it was punitive. We will not be having this. You will not be doing this. You will be punished now. I will close all of the beaches in the entire state. Da, 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 da. They will double down. They will just go, go harder and harder and harder. And unfortunately, what history bears out is, is you say, well, Anne, what is the end? Where does this end? And barring supernatural intervention, I think we all know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't uh, it doesn't stop at the blue states either, because I am here with a red governor and a red attorney general. And when I point out the fact that there have been exactly 76 non nursing home deaths in the state of Arizona with an eight million person population, and that very fact negates under the statute the ability to exercise a state of emergency. When I point out that fact. There is silence yeah. and and either silence or anger. If you could have seen the, the Governor Ducey at his press conference on Thursday, uh, the suggestion that um, small businesses were saying they needed to open, they're, they're going to go out of business, they need to open. It's over 100 degrees here. It's safe. We don't, we don't, no one's dying. Yeah. If you could have seen the anger and yep. basically his response was, go ahead and open. You, you're you're going to go to jail for six months. Yep. Rage. They're like children. They're, they, they're just spoiled, rotten brats who rage when they get caught um, either making a mistake or doing something nefarious. So you, we've got to brace for this because it's, you know, as things get better, um, as the normal seasonal plays out and, you know, <laughs> Burks has, as college said, Burks is gone and, and, you know, being the, the wise sage that she's pretending to paint herself as, she said, I predict that there is going to be a, a drop off in cases and in deaths as we, as we approach May 31st. Yeah, no shit. You know what? I predict the days are going to get longer too. Does that make me a genius? <laughs> 
I'm I don't magic. Know. I'm magic. I think it's going to get warmer. I think average. I think average daytime highs are going to increase as we move into August. I'm I think you should magic. compare. I think you should compare notes. I think you should compare your hat collection with her scarf collection. <laughs> oh, my hat collection is way better. Oh, I, I just wonder what the hell is, what, what is she hiding? That's like when Hillary Clinton was wearing those creepy Mao Nehru jacket things that she was wearing. Like, what the hell does she have like a, is she wearing a damn, uh, you know, colostomy bag or something what 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 is what are you doing you don't women don't wear weird things like that for just no reason i try not to look at it i wear hats because i have a gigantic conical tumor right on the top of my head no i'm just kidding All right, so we're at an hour 38. Shall we call it a wrap? I think we should wrap it up and we we're going to have to do another one of these cuz did we did we at any point talk about anti-Pope Bergoglio or uh, five or six minutes we did. Yeah, we're going to have to do another one of these. So. It all was right, all right. worthwhile though. All right, it Anytime. was totally worthwhile. All right. Okay. <laughs> Feedback, the email address for the show. If you have any suggestions on how to release ourselves from this imprisonment is podcast at barnhart.biz. Masses for Ann's benefactors, at least one mass every day, plus one requiem mass every week for everyone who died in the previous week. Doesn't matter if you died of a COVID-related skull fracture or anything else. Uh, I'm assuming these masses are all still... I shouldn't laugh, but the dearly departed, I think they have a sense of humor about it now, too. Well, there there was at least one skull fracture uh, caused by COVID in Western PA that we know of. Yes. yes. Uh, I am assuming that all these masses are still uh, being said privately. Yes, of course. Yes, okay. So uh, please pray for these and all priests. Now that the public sacrifice has been taken away almost everywhere, which we hope does not continue for too much longer... But at any rate, Satan's forces are right now able to focus even more warfare upon the priests celebrating private masses. But your prayers to God for this intention can help to hold back the tide. The, uh, the Barnhart Podcast is a production of Super Nerd Media. If you got some value out of this or previous podcasts and would like to return some value, please visit supernerdmedia.com slash donate for more information. A special thanks to Stephen for his donation this past week. Even though he's not on this recording, if SuperNerd weren't editing, processing, perfecting, and publishing the recorded audio, you wouldn't now be hearing it. <laughs> he also keeps Anne's site going yep. uh, against all cyber th- threats, foreign and domestic. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Anne would normally do her thing for the Matthew seventeen twenty, but I think she's—I think we're going to do something else. Well, yeah, somebody sent in this incredibly well composed. Um, collect basically in the form of a collect it's all of this matthew 17 20 petitions but as if a votive mass were being said this is what the collect would sound like and i'm not going to recite it mark is going to recite it because it's just creepy to have a woman reciting a collect because the priest says the collect so in the voice of a man which is appropriate mark take it away in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghost Almighty God, the sovereign of all things, you gave the keys of the kingdom to your servant Peter and his validly elected successors. We ask that your church here on earth be quickly cleansed of the modernist infiltration, all immoral clerics, and all other corruption. That the antipope Jorge Mario Bergoglio's invalid election be publicly recognized and completely nullified before the death of your servant, Pope Benedict XVI. 
that Bergoglio repent, return to the one holy Catholic faith, and that in the fullness of your time, die in a state of grace and achieve the beatific vision. All this we ask through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Ghost, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Isn't that great? That's so Love good. It. So kudos to to the reader who composed that in that in that very particular style, that very particular liturgical style. So, and you know, I can't say it any better than that. Um, so yeah, and I just want to once again reiterate, say thank you to all my donors, obviously, and reiterate. Guys, if you're under any financial stress at all whatsoever and you have a recurring donation set up with me through Continue to Give, don't hesitate for a second. Log into your Continue to Give profile and cancel that recurring. And then if things if things shake out and straighten up for you and you want to, you know, restart it, that's fine. But don't be don't be throwing money at me that needs to go to your mortgage payment, your car payment, payroll, food, gas, whatever. I mean, seriously, I'm, I'm fine. And I'm abandoned to the divine providence. Y'all, you need to be prudent and be a good steward, a good steward of your, of your wealth and of your money, especially right now. So don't hesitate if you need to cancel a recurring to do it. It's okay. I understand. Amen. Yep. That's a wrap. Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, until next time, I'm Mark. Stay frosty, my friends. And I'm Ann. Thanks, guys. God bless.